So today's daf is Tzadi Daled, and uh, we got up to the new Mishnah, I believe, right? We got up to the Mishnah towards the top of the page. It's about, a, it's about uh, I would say, uh, a quarter of the way down the page at most, something like that. You have a chatzer that uh, the wall is breached towards the Roshut HaRabim. Rabbi Eliezer says, this chatzer, we're going to see the Gemara is going to clarify exactly what the circumstances are, and it's not going to be as radical as it sounds. On the surface, it sounds like he's saying that if the wall of the chatzer becomes broken, Rashi says, totally open on one side, or at least more than 10 amot, that it becomes like Rashut Rabim. So now, if you carry something from that Rashut from that Chater to a Rashut Yechid, Chayav, you're going to be liable. The very Eliezer, going to Rabbi Eliezer, but the Gemara is going to say it's not exactly true. The Chachamim omim mitochal Rashut Rabim or Rashut Rabim mitochal patur mepneishi kikamarit. The Rabbis say no. If you move something from a Rashut Rabim into this Chater or out of it, from from it into a Rashut Rabim, you are exempt because it's a Karmelit. In other words, the, so the seeming meaning of the Mishnah. The surface meaning of the Mishnah, which the Gemara is going to grapple with and is going to change, okay? But the seeming meaning of the Mishnah would be that if one side of the, this Chatzir becomes uh, totally uh, gone, you know, or, or a, a, such a large hole that it's more than 10 amot, meaning that it's, uh, you know, it's 15 feet uh, uh, breached, so then what, will, what happens is that it becomes, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the same as Rashut Rabim itself. Since it opens Rashut Rabim, becomes Rashut Rabim 100%. And according to Chachamim, it becomes Karmelit. It doesn't become Rashut Rabim, meaning it wouldn't be considered if you brought something from Rashut Yechid into it or from it to Rashut Yechid, it wouldn't be Deoraita, Isur Deoraita, but it would be Isur Deoraita because it's Karmelit. Okay? That is the simple meaning of the Mishnah if you read the Mishnah. Uh, you know, uh, straightforwardly, but the Gemara is going to have a problem with it. So Gemara says, Rabbi, and, and the, so that's the machloket according to the simple meaning. Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer, are you saying that Rabbi Eliezer says that just because something is open to the Rashut Rabim, it becomes like Rashut Rabim? In, yes, says the Gemara. Rabbi Eliezer, the Tamir, Rabbi Eliezer is consistent with his own reasoning elsewhere. The Tani we learned in the Bible, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbim Shaberu Derch Latzman, Ma Shaberu Beru, that if the, if the Rabbim, if the, uh, if the community chooses a way for itself, what they have chosen, they've chosen. In other words, that if there is a, uh, a certain path that has become public usage path, or she says, you have a certain field that they made into a public path. Okay, once they've chosen it, so now nobody can come along and put their, uh, you know, and, and lay a claim to that area. It's a public path. So in other words, the, the way that the Gemara is understanding Rabbi Yezer is that this chatzer or whatever, was originally a public thoroughfare and a guy went or a group of people went and they enclosed it. It doesn't just mean that if your house opens to Rashut Rabim, it becomes Rashut Rabim. That's not what it means. It means that this was originally a path that people, that the public used and it was enclosed into a chatzer and now <coughs> the wall breaks down so the public says, okay, now it's ours again. We can use it again. Okay, so that's the case that the Gemara is talking about according to this. Now, and, and, and that's what, so basically they regain their rights to that chatzir. Now, any, is that true? According to Rav Gidal, the name of Rav, that's only if they originally had a certain path in that area. She says, In other words, when can they claim <coughs> that this was actually theirs? Only if they had a, they originally had a path in that area. And it's not exactly clear 
In other words, it's a dispute according to Rashi. Ubnei Rishut Arabim Barchivin Rishut Arabim Latocha Bemekzat Vamru Shad Kana Yerushutan. Vechi Amar Rabbi Yezer Rishut Arabimi Botov Mekom Achitzak Amar Sheilo Orin Alav. In other words, there is a there is a machloket between the the uh, public and between the person who uh, owns the chater or the people that own the chater where the line of the property was. So according to the, uh, according to the public, the line of the property was uh, up to a certain distance, and according to the, uh, which is currently enclosed in the chatzir, which shouldn't have been, and, and they're claiming that the, that the wall that these people put in to enclose their chatzir is encroaching on the public property. It would be like if you tried to expand your, your front yard and it went onto the sidewalk, okay? They're saying that that was a sidewalk. You can't, you can't enclose it in your, uh, in your yard. Okay, and the, and 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 the the Chatzir people are saying no, 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 that was always ours. I don't know. Your your you start on the street. You know, this was always ours. Whatever. That that seems to be what the, that sort of thing. So in other words, Avdalem Derech means that they lost the exact property line, and there's a dispute. And so therefore, when the wall falls down, now the uh, now the Rabim is reclaiming this section that they initially said was theirs altogether, you know, and that's what it says, since they establish it as theirs, it's theirs, meaning we give them the right to, uh, to retake it, since they lost a place there, and that's what they claim, and, uh, and, and the owner of the chatzir loses, okay, that's, that's what it means. So if that's true, so then what it really means is that the entire chatzir is definitely not under dispute. <coughs> In other words, we, when you read the Mishnah, it sounds as if, the entire chatzir is the dispute that once the wall falls down of the chatzir into the shutarabim, the whole chatzir becomes a shutarabim. No, it just means the place where the mechitza is. That according to the rabim, that was our uh, land to begin with, and you took, you know, you took like the sidewalk into your chatzir, and we want it back. And according to the owners of the chatzir, no. So since they have this dispute. We give it to the uh, we give it to the rabim. That's what that's what Rabbi Eliezer is saying. But now that the whole chaser becomes Rashut rabim, how could it be that the whole chaser it's private property and it's enclosed on three sides? How could it be Rashut rabim? So that but the problem is that that wasn't how the Mishnah was interpreted. Who's going to find that line? That was that was the argument. Where was the original line? So Nowadays we have all kinds years, of surveyors. Years, years they had that dispute. Suddenly the wall fell. See, right now the wall fell. They said, "Yay, the wall fell." Now we get to reclaim what was originally ours. You know, they were waiting all these years for the wall to fall down. Now, Rabbi Chanina, but the problem is that Rabbi Chanina himself said that Ad Makom Chitzam Chloket. That Rabbi Chanina said that the Machloket extends up to the place of the Mechitzot. Rashi says, Demashma kol ha-chatzer kulad mekom ha-machitza yuchachamim osin ota karmelit. Aba bemkom ha-chitza modu miklad Rabbi Yelza mashvele lekulei ushut rabim. In other words, according to Rabbi Chanina, it's the opposite of that. Where do the Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer argue about the status of the Chatzer? The entire Chatzer. <laughs> the Rabbi Eliezer is saying that since the wall was open, is now fallen to the Rishut rabim, the entire Chatzer becomes... Uh, becomes Rishut Rabim, and according to the Chachamim, no, the entire Chatzir becomes Karmelit, and they agree that the Mekom Mechitza, right? That's why he said Ad Mekom Mechitza Machloket, and the Mekom Mechitza there, even the rabbis agree, since it's right on the edge of the uh, Rishut Rabim, that it would be uh, that that's where they would they would agree to Rabbi Eliezer, but the, but the, but the, but saying that they would agree to Rabbi Eliezer on that one location means that the rest of the Chatzir is the dispute. Rabbi Eliezer is not just saying that the pl- the path of the Rabim became Rashut Rabim. He's saying the whole Chatzir became Rashut Rabim. No, we have to cor- correct that. That can't be. Emma al mikom machloket. We're gonna revi- We're gonna just put one little word in there. Change it instead of ad mikom machitza. We're gonna say 
al mekom mechitza machloket. It's about that location that there's a machloket. Meaning to say that according to everybody, inside the chatzir doesn't change the status. Okay, that can't be that because the wall fell, now the whole thing becomes, all of a sudden, the whole thing is going to become Rishut uh, uh, According to Rabbi Lazar, not possible. The machloket is about the place of the mechitza, which according to the rabbim was originally theirs. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, and according to the owner of the chatzar wasn't. So Rabbi Eliezer is saying we're giving it to the rabbim, and the chachamim are saying it becomes a karmbalit. It's neither here nor there. But the chatzar itself for sure doesn't become a rabbim just because one wall has fallen. Okay, alternatively, the machloket might not be about a case where there was originally a sidewalk path of the rabbim and there's a dispute about where it was. That might not be the machloket. It might be about Sidei Roshut HaRabim. Sidei Roshut HaRabim is a general discussion in the, um, throughout, in Masachet Shabbat, we saw some of it, which is that whenever you have an area, obviously the Roshut HaRabim is usually the thoroughfare. Then you have certain areas off to the side that are not really, yeah, sort of, but even this, I mean, our service roads would be Roshut HaRabim too because it's a thoroughfare too. It's like another highway, but it would be like something on the side of the road, which is like the shoulder. Let's say, right? The shoulder, or Midrachah might be, might be the sidewalk, um, or like the shoulder, because the shoulder is on the same level. It's not elevated so much, right? The shoulder of the road, where you're not really supposed to go there. The Rishut HaRabim is not supposed to go there, but it's right off the side. Tzidei Rishut HaRabim. Okay? So that's the Machlok. Tzidei Rishut HaRabim, Kishut HaRabim Damo. Vechapanan, Tzidei Rishut HaRabim, Lav Kishut HaRabim Damo. That the Machlok it is about Tzidei Rishut HaRabim, which is a Machlok it throughout Shas. What do we consider Tzidei Rishut HaRabim? Those areas that are off of the Rishut HaRabim, they're not really used by the, by, by the public, but they're directly <laughs> off of it to the side. Do we consider that also like Rishut HaRabim? Or do we say that since it's really set off for other use, it's not set off for public use, it's not considered Rishut HaRabim. Now, normally they would have like some kind of a poles or some kind of sticks or something to indicate that this is the area that is not Rishut HaRabim. But even, so, but that, that's normally Rishut HaRabim. And that's what the Gemara says, If the whole Machloket here is whether Tzidei Rishut HaRabim is Rishut HaRabim, and here we're talking about the wall has fallen of the Chatzir, so now it becomes like a place people could sit, you know, it's like right off the Rishut HaRabim, people walking by, they could sit on the ruins of the wall, I don't know, they can, now it becomes like right off of the Rishut HaRabim. It's like the shoulder of the road. So, so if that's true, why not Vilflog with Tzidei Rishut HaRabim Balma? Why don't they just argue about the general case of Rishut HaRabim? Why did they have to, uh, of Tzidei Rishut HaRabim, why did they have to come onto a case where the wall of the Chatzir falls and all this? Because you might have thought this. Typically, Tzidei Roshut Rabim is demarcated. It is identified. There is something there. There's Chifufei. There's some kind of sticks or some kind of an, an indication. Uh, you know, like, uh, like even, you know, like on the road, they'll have something there that indicates like, or, or they, sometimes they have those, gr- in the road, they have those uh, grooves in the road that you know you're going off, you know, that, like that. Or something that indicates that it's separate. But here you don't have that. Because the wall is gone, let's say it's completely, it's gone, it fell, so now it's open there. Maybe the rabbis would agree here that even though this chatzir is off of the Rishut HaRabim, meaning it's not directly on the thoroughfare, it's off to the side, since it's wide open to it, maybe they would agree, and there's nothing indicating a distinction between Rishut HaRabim and this area. So maybe they would agree that it's actually uh, Rishut HaRabim. So that's why it's saying, no, since it wasn't for Rishut HaRabim use, 
even though it's right off of the Rishut Rabim, it's the Rishut Rabim, still they're going to consider it only Karmelit. So Kamashmalan, we come to learn that it is um, only a, uh, it's still only a Karmelit according to the rabbis and a Rishut Rabim according to Rabbi Eliezer. Now, Kamar. Now the problem is that you can only go so far stretching the language of the Mishnah because the Mishnah talked about taking something mitocha from inside the Chatzir to the Rashut Ayachid, or from the Rashut Ayachid to inside the Chatzir, or from inside the Chatzir to Rashut Rabim. It doesn't sound like it's talking about just on the location of the wall. You're telling me that this whole Machloket between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is not what it seems like when you read the Mishnah. It seems like the Machloket is whether the whole Chatzir becomes Rashut Rabim or not. But now you're telling me that no, it's just on the place of the Mechitzah, just on the place of the wall. Well, if that's the case, well then how come it says Mitocha? From inside the chatzir. So it says, Since the rabbis used the language mitocha, so therefore Rabbi Eliezer also used the language mitocha, but really they're just talking about the, le- the area where the wall fell, not the rest of the chatzir. But if that's true, Rabbanan, uh, so, so uh, what, what about the rabbis? Amar Rabbi Eliezer, Tidei Rashut Rabim, Umahadule Inu Mitocha? So then you're saying that they're talking two different languages. Because the rabbis you're saying are really talking about inside the chatzir, that the chatz- and, 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 and Rabbi Eliezer is only talking about the pla- place of the mechitzah. The Rabbi Eliezer is talking about whether the, the location where the wall originally was is considered Rishut Rabim or not. And the rabbis are talking about what, what the status is of the chatzir. So they're talking about two different things. So it says, They said to him like this, don't you agree that if somebody took something from inside this chatzir to the Rashut Rabim or vice versa, that it would only be in Yisrael de Rabbanan? Because yes, it's not a full Rashut Yachid because it's not closed on one of the four sides. Right? It doesn't have any enclosure on the fourth side. So therefore, it's not considered to be Rashut Yachid anymore. It lost its Rashut Yachid status, but it doesn't become Rashut Rabim. It becomes Karmelit. Don't you agree? So, so too, agree with us. You should tell me that it doesn't make a difference. The, the place where that wall originally was also should be considered like a Carmelite and not like Rishut Rabim. And therefore, the, he answered them, The difference is that inside the Chatzir, even if the fourth wall of the Chatzir fell down, true that it's not, it doesn't have the status of a full Rishut HaYachid anymore. We have to repair the fourth wall. It has to be enclosed on all four sides. Right? That's true. However, you know, we wouldn't say that the Rabim go into this Chatzir. Why would they go into it? It's not their, it's not their a place. Like, you don't go into a gated community. Well, why, why would you go in there? Even if the wall is broken. The place where the wall originally was, now when there's traffic, people will, you know, go in there and go around the traffic or whatever. But they, so they're going to use it. But inside the Chatzir, nobody's going to use it. So Rabbi Eliezer says, you're right that the inside the Chatzir is only a Carmelit until they fix the wall. But the location of the wall, I say, because it's right adjacent to the Rashut Rabim, it's Rashut Rabim, today Rashut Rabim is Rashut Rabim. The rabbis say no. The whole thing, including where the wall originally was, since it's off the actual path of the Rashut Rabim, it retains the status of Carmelit, and that's the Machloket. But inside the Chatzir, nobody says it's going to become a Rashut Rabim, because that's definitely not for the public use. And you need not only an open place to define yourself as... See, unlike a Rishut HaYechid, which according to the Torah, any enclosed place is actually Rishut HaYechid. And any place that's considered not a Rishut HaYechid that's enclosed, it's only rabbinic. Like uh, a karpef that is enclosed not for uh, residential purposes or something like that. It's only... Or, or a chatzer that you didn't make an erovei chatzer. All these things are rabbinic. Really, once something is physically enclosed, it's Rishut HaYechid according to the Torah, always. 
Okay? However, Rishut Arabim has two qualifications. It has to be open, but it also has to actually be used for the, by the public. So like a valley in the middle of nowhere is actually not the Rishut Arabim. It's actually a Carmelite. Okay? Because it, even though it's wide open, nobody uses it. It's in the middle of nowhere. A forest, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Nobody is using it. So it wouldn't be called Rishut Arabim because there's no public traffic in that area. Okay? So that's, and that's, that's what he's saying. So Rabbi Eliezer is saying once it's open to Rishut Arabim, uh, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim agree that even though it's open to the Rashut Arabim, since the Rabim don't go into the Chatzir, that's not going to be a Rashut Arabim. But the edge where it's flush with the, with, with the Chatzir, with, with the Rashut Arabim, the, where the wall originally was, that's going to be Tzidei Rashut Arabim. And then you're going to have the Machloket between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim. Okay, so that's all. In the weekdays, it's uh, people passing by, but weekend, Shabbat, if it's used regularly, that's what's going to define it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's whatever is the regular use, it won't matter. It won't matter. This specific chatzar is the same for the Baala chatzar and the people from the Gilshul Rabim, or is it different? What do you mean? The same dinim for Baala If it's considered a Carmelite, it will be a Carmelite for everyone. Yeah. He has to close the fourth wall. He has to close the fourth wall. But if you should have Rabim to Carmelite, it's also the writer. No, it's only the Rabbanan. Carmelite is always only the Rabbanan. Only Rishut Arabim to Rishut Ayachid. They're right there. No, there's always the Rabbanan. Carmelite is like a It's nothing. It's like in the middle. It's really, really from the Torah, the Carmelite would be neither one. It's neither Rishut Ayachid nor Rishut Arabim. But but rabbinically, they treat it as both so people don't get confused because in certain things it has features that are in common with Rishut Ayachid. Like it's not really for public use, let's say. But has certain features that are in common with uh, Rishut Arabim, like it's usually open, it's not enclosed, and so on. So it's so it has features with both. So therefore, they made a stringency on both. But really, it's only rabbinic. Okay. Now the Mishnah says Now we have a chatzah that's even worse. Okay, it's open and broken on two sides, not just one side. Okay. Also a house that's broken, the two walls are broken. Or you have a mavoy that had originally a korah that was going over the top, or the chayav, or it had vertical sticks to allow a person to use it, because we know that the mavoy that is enclosed on three sides still needs something on the fourth open side to indicate where the mavoy ends, so that uh, in order to allow people to carry in the mavoy, we learned that before, right? They always have to put lechi or korah, according to Beit Shammai, lechi and korah, but it's... We say lechi or korah. If it was taken away, okay, mutarim b'oto Shabbat v'asrim latil lavod the Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, you know what? This Shabbat, I'm going to give you a break. Walls fell down of your house. Okay, you know you can keep keep carrying. Uh, walls fell down of the chazer. It's okay. Lechi v'korah fell. It's okay, right? Uh, 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 this Shabbat, but next Shabbat, by next Shabbat, it's got to be fixed. Okay, but uh, but but right. What? It happened on Shabbat. Yeah, or right before, maybe. You know, but Rabbi Yossi Omer, What kind of a rule is that? I mean, if it's not allowed, it's not allowed. What do you mean it's okay for the Shabbat? You know, it's a, if it's not okay, it's not okay. And if it is okay, it is okay. Right, so if the, right, this sort of, yeah, you can, exactly. I'm thinking the same thing, yeah. This time you can eat the non-kosher, right. Right, so oh, meaning if it if it is allowed, so he said it should always be it should be allowed this Shabbat in the future too. And if it's not allowed, it shouldn't be allowed. We'll see. The Gemara is going to clarify exactly what the case is that they're talking about because it's not so clear. But uh, but the simple uh, simple meaning of the machloket is this house or chazer or mavoy has become uh, unenclosed in a way that is uh, that would not allow you to carry in there seemingly. And the question is. It, according to Rabbi Yehuda, 
even though right now it's even though it has to be fixed by next Shabbat, this Shabbat you're allowed to you're allowed to continue business as usual until you fix it the for next Shabbat. I guess so. Okay. Let's assume. Let's assume. Or in the morning. If there are only two hours remaining, two hours are failed, it's nothing. It's just Mishra Abin now. Well, that's that's the whole question, I guess. Yeah, that's the whole question. Now, so now, Bemayaskina, what are we talking about here is the question, right? That's the whole question. What does it mean that Nifritzu, that the walls were broken? So it says, if you're talking about that there was only up to 10 amot opening on each side, so that's not really considered pirza. We don't consider that to be a breach, right? Mm-hmm. So then, what do we say? If there's a breach in the wall that's up to 10 amot, up to 15 feet, we say it's a doorway. We don't say that it's a, uh, that it's a, uh, a breach in the wall. We say there's still a wall there, right? But then that would be true. Then we would say, right? So, so the, then that should be that bishteruchot nami pitchahu. You could say that on two sides. In other words, if the breach that's being talked about in the Mishnah is a breach of less than ten amot, then it shouldn't matter if that it's on two sides, because you two call doors. two doorways. Nobody has two doors in their house, of course. But elabiyeter meyasef. So we must say that it's talking about where it's more than ten amot, and therefore it's a f- large. It's a twenty foot uh, breach on each side. So then the thing is, so then why do you have to go to the? It was on two sides. In other words. Having it on two sides should either not make a difference or should be, you know, or, or should just be just as bad. Either way, the two sides is irrelevant because if one side even has a gigantic breach that's more than 10 amot, right? So then it's not enclosed anymore. Right. What so difference does it make one or two sides? And if it's, don't worry about Carmelite. Don't, don't jump to the answer yet. You have to, you have to go with the steps. Otherwise we all get confused, right? So if one side is open to, uh, uh, if one side is open less than uh, 10 amot, uh, the other side could be open less than 10 amot too. It doesn't matter. These are considered a doorway. You could have 10 amot opening on every side. Right. Okay? On the, on the other hand, if even one side is open more than 10 amot, then the whole thing is no good. Okay? The whole thing is not going to be. It, it could be Carmelit, could be Shadar. I mean, leave, leave that till later. But the point is that it could be, that it wouldn't be good. It's not enclosed. So why do you have to bring in Mishteruchot? What difference does it make that it's on two sides? Two sides shouldn't make a difference, the Gemara is asking. So Amar Rav says, we're talking about that it was less than 10. We saw an answer like this earlier in the Gemara also. That we're talking about where it was done in a corner. In other words, in the corner of the room. You wouldn't make a door in the corner of the room. When it says, we were thinking that it means the north side and the south side, or the west side and the east side. It's not. It's saying, in the northeast corner... There was a there was a break, meaning it was a it was in the corner itself that we won't be able to excuse even less than ten amot if there's a breach like that. Why? Because nobody would put a door in the corner. You put a door on the sides. You don't put a door in the corner going straight through the corner. So you can make an excuse on the sides and say that that, that opening we're going to treat it like a door, but you wouldn't put a door there. So since you wouldn't put a door there, we're not going to call that a doorway. We're going to say that it's no good. That's what it means. Mishteru chotea. That's, a, that's what he's saying. Two sides me, doesn't mean two opposite sides. It means the corner. Okay, now, now we have the case of the, um, the, uh, of the house. Same question. Right? Here it's different because a chatzer, a chatzer has no roof. Chatzer is open to the sky. Yeah. Right? But a house has a roof, assuming, we're assuming, right? right. So that's the difference between a chatzer and a house. Right? A chatzer has a roof. So I'm sorry, a house has a roof, rather. So the roof, we have a principle, that whenever there is a horizontal roof, we see the edge of the roof that it comes down and closes off symbolically, legally, the sides. You say that the edge of it comes down. Like a sukkah. 
Right. Or, well, that's where we use it, but it could apply in many... It applies throughout halacha. So the thing is like this. So what difference does it make if it's two sides or one side? In other words, the implication is that from the fact that the Mishnah is saying that we're talking about a case where it's broken on two sides, so the implication is if it was broken on just one side, it would be okay. That's right. So, so what difference does it make if you're using the concept that the roof descends down from the edges and seals off the side? Why can't it do that on two sides? Why does it have to only do that on one side? What difference is one side or two sides? So I'm ready to be Rav the Rav. Again, we're talking about that it was breached in the corner, just like we said about the chatzir, it was breached in the corner. So we're not going to call the breach a doorway because nobody would make a doorway through the corner. Right? And, 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 the keruyav balachson. And the roof, the way that Rashi interprets balachson is it means that the roof was not a flat roof like they used to have. They used to have flat roofs. Today we're used to having roofs that are not flat. Most of our roofs nowadays are are, are, are on an angle, are diagonal, they're slanted to allow the rain to run off, you know? Um, not all, you'll see sometimes a roof or part of a roof is flat. Like in my house, actually, we have, uh, most of the roof is like this, but there's actually a flat roof also on part of the house. Sometimes you have partially flat roof, partial, and, and you have to make sure you have good drainage because the rain collects. Now, the, but the, back then, they used the roof a lot. So they had flat roofs. So uh, having a, di- a roof that was on a diagonal was unusual. So it's saying, we're talking about a case where the roof was like that. Pitikrav yored visotem only works when it's flat. The roof is flat, and we say that the edges go down. But if it's going like this already, according to Rashi's interpretation, at least, the, we're going with Rashi here, the way that if it goes like this, it, it, it doesn't go down, right? Because the direction of, the, of that roof is not vertical. It's on an angle. So we can't say that it's now we're going to bend it to go straight down because it's not going straight down. It's going on an angle. Right, so so it won't work, and that's why it's not going to work. Okay, that's that. So he says that's the case it's talking about. It's talking about a case where the breach in the wall is in the corner, so it can't. We can't excuse the breach in the wall, and the uh, the, the the roof cannot be counted to seal off the wall because it's on a diagonal. It's not straight. It's not it's not straight horizontal, so we can't see the edges as going down straight vertical. Okay, that's Rob's interpretation of the of the case of the house. Now Ushmuel Amar. You know what? I don't agree that it has to be that we're talking about a case where it was less than 10 amot. I don't, uh, uh, the, the breach. Because you said it was less than 10 amot. The breach was less than 10 amot and it was in the corner. Okay. He says, I'm going to say, even if it's more. So, so then the question, why didn't we want to say that, uh, that it was more than 10 amot, the breach? Because more than, one t- than 10 amot, even one side, even one wall more than 10 amot breached would be no good. Right, so he says, Mishum, bite. The reason is because of the house. In other words, you're right. In a chatzer, even if one of the walls were breached, ten amot, the whole chatzer is now considered open and you have to fix it. But, 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 but in the house, two of them have to be breached. So the question is, why? What difference does it make house? Right? If there's a hole in one side of the house, even if it's more than ten amot, since there's a roof, we could say that it comes down and it closes it off. Right? Similarly, we'll say the same thing on two sides. Even if the opening is very large, since we have a roof, and the roof we're assuming now is a flat roof, so it should come down and close it off. What's the difference? Now, but there's a further problem, which is, Shmuel should not be the one invoking a leniency about the house because he actually doesn't hold by the idea that the, that the roof closes off the sides of the, of the house. Because we learned, we learned about if you have a portico, this thing that has no walls, it only has a roof on the top, and it's in a bika, it's in a valley, 
Okay? Rav Rav said because of the top, which is flat, it's, it's as if it's enclosed. Right? So you can walk around under that, uh, between those poles, because it has a flat roof on the top that is imagined as if it comes down. Shmuel says, no, that doesn't work. Meaning he doesn't hold that you can say, since there, is no, there are no walls, you can't just say that the flat roof that's over this portico, this open portico is, is, is sealing off the walls. You can't. So when it comes to the house, it should be the same thing. If you have a gigantic breach on the side of the wall, so Shmuel should not be saying that, oh, it's okay because the, 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 the roof is going to come down. It doesn't work like that, according to Shmuel anyway. So why would he make an exception for a house? Ha, la kasha, that's not a problem because kilet, they bedalit, daval v'shalosh idlet. The thing is that, that the reason why Shmuel doesn't hold that a portico can be sealed off, that an achsadrach can be sealed off with the roof is because that's too much right? If Meaning you can go up to three walls made that way, but there has to be at least one real wall. At least one real wall he holds that you have to have. And Rav is saying, no, even all four of the walls could be imaginary. Okay? But, but in the house, right? So in the, in the case of the house, even if you have two walls breached, you still have, the, uh, you still have two walls intact and you're good. Right? But, we still have the problem that if you're going to say, so once you say that, that he would allow it for two walls. So what's the difference, two walls or one wall? It should be able to, we should be able to consider that the, the roof seals it off. It's like they said in the Rav in the name of Rav. He's going to take the same concept. That the pirza occurred in the corner. Now Rav was saying it was only talking about a pirza up to ten amot. Not ten amot or more. Because ten amot or more he would say forget it. Right? Ra- Shmuel is saying, no, it could be even more than ten amot. It's in the corner. It, it v- should be more than ten amot. Right. V'keruyav alachson, and he, just like Rav said that we're talking about where the corner was breached and the roof was slanted. He says, so Shmuel has an interesting idea, and Rashi diagrams it here, but basically he says that the way that the breach occurred was almost like jagged. Okay, there were four sections that were breached. If you look at the picture in the Rashi itself, he has like a diagram right, right, right. that it's like indented. Okay, so there's a five ama breach and then there's a section like this. And then there's another five ama breach. So basically you would have, you would have five sections, that you, um, four sections rather, that you would have to say is because since it's broken in such a way that it's, jutted, it's uh, jagged like that, so you would have to say that a piece of roof comes down here and a piece of roof comes down here and a piece of roof comes down in this section and a piece of roof comes down here in order to make it and he says you can't do four. You can only do three. So he's going to have to imagine that we're talking about a case where it would require four applications of that halakha to close the breach. And that's the only case where, because if the breach were in the middle of the wall and you just had to have it go down, even if it was a 10 ama plus breach, you could say that the roof will cover it. If you're talking about a flat roof, because he doesn't want to say that you're talking about a, an angled roof. He says, doesn't say anything about an angled roof. Rav was willing to invoke the idea of an angled roof because otherwise he would have the same issue that, well, there shouldn't be an issue here because they should just say that the, that the roof closes the breach. So he had to say, no, it's an angled roof and it's a breach in the corner. So Shmuel says, you're right. It's a, a breach in a corner. I agree with you, but it could be even bigger, uh, you know, than, than you're saying because we're talking about a case where Pitikra won't work. The roof will not close it off because of the way that it's broken. It's not a straight break. And you would have to have four different pieces come down from the roof in order to close it off. 
And that's too much, okay? And that, that's and, and the question is, Shmuel didn't want to take Rav's interpretation. It's not really that they disagree much here. Right? It's not like they disagree with many rules. Rav and Shmuel disagree with how much you can use but basically they would agree on one another's halachot for the most part, right? So why didn't Shmuel want to go with Rab's interpretation? Because it doesn't say anything about an angled roof. Because Rab would say, your case is the same machloket that we have regarding the portico, regarding using four times pitika yored v'sotem. Right? And Rav is the one who says, you're allowed to carry in that case. We saw it already. Right? In other words, according to Shmuel is making this case his case, yeah. right? He's making this case the case where he prohibits. So he's making it into a support for his own case. Because he's saying this is a case where it's made into, where the breach creates four segments in the corner of the wall. And therefore you would have to do four times and that's why it's no good. Rav says, but I say you're allowed to do four times because even if you have uh, even if you have the portico, which has no walls and it just has a flat roof, I say you can close each one of those four walls with the descending roof and it's no problem. So that can't be the case in the Mishnah because that would be fine. Right? So he had to come up with the idea of the slanting roof. Okay? But the point is that, that this is just a repeat of their machloket elsewhere then. Right? So Rab says, That's the machloket exactly, that according to uh, Rav, we were allowed to uh, d- d- have the roof descend in four different places, and according to Shmuel, you're not. So therefore, Shmuel created the case as if it were the ca- same case that they had argued about before. Right? But Rav, of course, is not going to accept that interpretation because then he'll have to say that that case is good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, now the question is, everybody agrees that when it comes to 10, meaning that there is less than 10, uh, 10 amot between the pillars of the, uh, of the achsadra, everybody agrees that you can say, she says, because, because since they're small spaces, we always say less than, four, less than 10 amot is a small space, it, it's considered to be closed. Right? When, when do they argue? Uh, the question is when it's a larger breach than 10 amot. That Rav says you can still say you can say that the roof is going to come down and close even more than 10 amot. And Shmuel is going to say that no, you can't in the case of the Achsadra say that four times with more than 10 amot. You're not going to be able to do that. Okay? Now, alternatively, there's another version. <clears throat> that uh, that uh, everyone agrees it's no good if it's that big. If the breach is more than 10 amot, nobody would say you could say have a gigantic space between the pillars and also say and all of that. That would be like having nothing. You know, there would be nothing. That everyone agrees. But the question is whether when they're within 10 amot of each other, meaning the breach between these poles is less than Ten amot. There, can you say pitikra yored v'sotem four times? So, according to the second version, Shmuel will never allow you to say pitikra yored v'sotem four times. He would always say that it's no good. Rav will say if it's within four, uh, if the poles are within ten amot of each other, more or less, there's not a space of more than ten amot. Then you could say it. More than that, I agree, you can't say it. That's the second version. The first version is that even Shmuel would be okay with using it four times if the poles are closer together. It's when they're far apart that Shmuel disagrees, and Rav is so lenient that even there he'll say that you can use Pitikayoid v'sotem uh, multiple times, right? That's the, um, that's the, uh, 
the first one. Right. Now, that which Rabbi Yehuda said, he said that if you have a ruin and there's still a four tefach uh, wide board that is on the ceiling that's still left, okay? He says you can carry around under that board as if the board that is left on the ceiling is coming down and creating a space that is enclosed. Even though there's no enclosed walls around you anymore, just by virtue of the piece on top that's left, that's enough according to Rabbi Yudah. And similarly, Rabbi Nachman said in the name of Rabbi Baravua that you, if you have a, 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 a board, a Korah that is four Tzvachim wide, that you can draw water from under it. In other words, they're saying that even without any walls at all, you can use this flat surface and see it as extending down four, creating four walls. So what do you see? So, so it says, Mani, who is the, who is the opinion reflected there? Right? That, uh, it, according to the, to, the, uh, to the version that said, that everyone agrees that if the space, if the breach is less than 10 amot, it's okay, that you can have a roof create an enclosure. So then... Everyone could agree. We'll say that the space between the edges of these boards is less than 10 amot, so therefore you're creating something which is uh, a legitimate enclosure. But according to the one that says, no, Shmuel will never let you create four imaginary walls without anything solid. He would never allow that. No matter how close together the poles are, no matter how close together the items are, he won't allow it. So then, Kirav, it will only work according to Rav, because Shmuel never allows you to do that. So then this idea that a ceiling board could create an enclosure wouldn't work for Shmuel ever, because he can never create four uh, four um, walls from uh, from just a board going over top, right? Perhaps the machloka between Abaye and Rava is similar to this machloka the Rav and Shmuel. Now the interesting thing is that here Rashi interprets the case differently than he did in yesterday's Gemara, which we had the same exact case, but Rashi interprets it here as something totally other than that. That we're not talking uh, yesterday. He said we're talking about two parallel walls. And putting things on top, and that had like patsimin, uh, were the pieces that were sticking out on the on the sides. Here it's saying no. It's saying that if you have um, walls that are made of sticks, basically. Okay, Rashi says that they made sticks in the ground that were less than three tefachim away from each other. You made walls instead of a solid wall. You put a stick and then less than three tefachim another one and less than three tefachim another one. So they're all considered together, even though there's there's actual physical space, but they're all considered together. Right? It's like lavut. So you did that, and um, and then kshera. That if you make if you put schach on top of that, it's going to be kosher, right? If it doesn't have the uh, the simin, meaning that they're too far apart from each other. Okay, that's how Rashi is interpreting the Gemara here, different than what we saw before. In other words, instead of putting the sticks in the ground within three tvachim of each other, they were five tvachim away from each other. So there's too much space. So we'll say this: Abaya Abaye says that if you put a roof, you put schach over that, it's still going to be good because pitikra yored So the the, the the roof comes down and closes it off. So what do we care that there's a lot of space there? So Ava Rabbi will say no. Because he's going to say that we'll say that the roof comes down. We're going to say that that's, uh, that's exactly the machloket between Rav and Shmuel. That Rav says that you can have really, even without four actual walls, you can have the roof create all of the walls. And Shmuel says you can't do that. That's exactly what Abaye and Rav are arguing about. Abaye is saying you can and Rav is saying you can't. 
Now, but Lema Abaye Kirav Rav Kishmuel, Rav Kishmuel, it seems like Abaye is lining up with Rav here. And they were, you know, they were the later generation. So Abaye is following the position of Rav from the previous generation, that from, you know, from the past, that, uh, that the, the roof can create all four of the walls. And Shmuel is saying, no, I hold like Shmuel. I'm sorry, Rava is saying, I hold like Shmuel. But Aliba de Shmuel, but we, not, not necessarily, because Aliba de Shmuel, Kule Alma Everybody agrees, see, according to Shmuel, it would never, you'd never be able to do this. That's for sure. Right? According to Shmuel, for sure, you can't do this. But it's still possible to say that both Abaye and Rava are agreeing with Rav. In other words, you could say that, okay, Abaye is holding like Rav, that you can make all four of the walls just out of the roof. Imagine it descending on all four sides. And, and you could say that, that, that Rava is saying you can't do that, like Shmuel said, you can't do that. Right? Or you could say, look, for sure, Shmuel would not allow this. The question is, would Rav allow this? Maybe both Abaye and Rava were agreeing with Rav, but they were interpreting him differently. Like this. Keep Abaye Kirav. Abaye will say, look, I'm just going with the pshat of what Rav said. He said that you could create all four of the sides using the roof. Right? He'll say there's a difference. Why? Because when did Rav and Shmuel argue? They argued about an achsadra. Achsadra means that there are four poles, pillars, and there's a roof designed as part of the achsadra. Yeah. Right? And so since it's designed as part of the achsadra, we'll say that the, it, it comes down and it creates the mechitzot because that was how it was designed to begin with. But here, what did you do? You found these sticks in the ground and you put schach on them. And now you're saying that the schach is going to come down and create the walls. But that, those sticks were not originally put into the ground to be made into walls for a sukkah. Rashi says that... Uh, he says that otan hakorot anitunim al arba'a mudim, right? The inu pitigal achsadra vidi, the ones that are on an achsadra, they're meant to be, they're meant to be designed to hold that achsadra together, so we can say that they are coming down and closing it off. But when it comes here, lav lesukah leshem sukah af al gav delo ba'ei mechitzot lishman kulehai mialom mekilina. Even though we don't require mechitzot to be made lishma. You don't have to make the walls of the sukkah l'shem sukkah. You don't have to. But to create a situation, but here to make imaginary mechitzot, basically, legal mechitzot, using pi, tikrabi, yoreb, v'sotem, when it wasn't designed to be that way, you're making, a, you're making something, you're inventing something that wasn't designed originally to be uh, a sukkah, okay? There, we would not come and use the concept of pi, tikrabi, yoreb, v'sotem because we're already using, in other words, it had to at least be put there that the uh, that that the that what's holding what's on top of these um, sticks was originally designed to be some kind of a sukkah. But if it's not originally designed to be a sukkah, we're not going to use the idea of pitikar yoed besotem. And that's the so in other words, even according to Rav, who would say with regard to the portico with achsadra that we see the roof as descending on all four sides and closing it off. That's because that was designed to be that way from the beginning. But when you're talking about a sukkah that you're making a makeshift sukkah, we're not going to use the idea of pitikar yoed besotem and invent four imaginary walls when this wasn't this setup wasn't designed to be a sukkah to begin with. So it's not possible for us to change and say that really the, the edges are coming down and creating a, uh, and, and creating a sukkah because it's, uh, you, because when it comes to sukkah, the walls have to, they don't have to be made l'shem mitzvah. Putting on the schach is supposed to be l'shem mitzvah. This doesn't have to be l'shem mitzvah, but it at least had to have been that it was l'shem having walls of some sort initially. And here, since it wasn't designed for that, um, you can't in, in, invoke the idea of pitikra yored v'sotem according to that. Okay. That's it. And then we'll, we'll continue here for a